Evening. If y'all will, please turn to John 21. <clears throat> John 21. We'll read these <clears throat> first 14 verses and then go through them briefly and make a few comments on them. But it's the Lord's Word. The words that he says is what quickens. It's not my opinion on the word that's going to give somebody life. It's not the commentators that's going to give somebody life. It's going to be the word of God. And that's a miraculous thing. And I prayed, be with us and show us why he recorded this and what he's doing. Instead of us just going through a sermon and us going to church and us getting together to do something for an hour on a Wednesday night. I pray God be with us and reveal Christ to us and feed us. Give us life, make us hungry, and then give us something to eat. I, I love feeding babies. Whenever this, all of ours are little. That's the first thing I want you to give them. They call it cereal, and the first time I'd ever seen cereal, I said, I didn't even cereal. That's just like some kind of powder. <laughs> but I wanted to feed them the day they got home. Cameron said, you got to wait a little while. I said, can I feed them now? I wanted to feed them. I wanted to eat because I like to eat. Lord, let me feast on this. And some of it was kind of hard to chew. It hurt me. That's all right. These boys' hairs would hurt too. And so I got to give what I got. So I got to give you what the Lord gave me. Here in John 21, begin verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cana and Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and the two other and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go fishing. And they say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. When Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. What answer? What truth? <laughs> he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in the, a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were, 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they, as soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laden thereon and bread. And Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of fishes and 153 
And for all, there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. It says in verse 1 there that after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. This was the third time the Lord revealed himself after he had risen from the tomb to his people. The Lord came to his people. He revealed himself to them. Now, even while he walked this earth as a man that other people could look upon and see and handle and things, some were drawn to him like Nicodemus. Some were. But the Lord Jesus Christ must reveal himself. He must show himself. And he only does that to his own. He only comes in power and reveals because once you see it, you can't once you see him, you can't unsee him. <laughs> once he gives you knowledge, you can't not know it. Once that love's in you, it ain't going to go away. His, his gifts are without repentance. You know, that's the most needed thing. It's needed more than sleep. It's needed more than food or, or physical food. It's needed more than, than, than happiness. It's needed more than self-fulfillment, than success. There's one thing needful. And the Lord must reveal himself to us and in us, and everything else is vanity. And if these disciples, these apostles of the Lord, there's seven of them here, if they needed to have Christ revealed to them again, what do you think I need? <laughs> what do you need? This is needful, isn't it? That's what's going to take place in these next few verses. We're told, we're told that from the get-go. The Lord says he's going to reveal himself again. But here's how this, this revelation comes to pass. It says at the end of verse 1, And on this wise showed he himself. This is who the revealer is, Christ, and this is how he does it. This is the wise on which he did it. This is how he did it. To whom? Who's he going to reveal himself to? Verse 2. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus. Now, I knew Didymus was Thomas's Greek name, and I never until this evening, until just a couple hours ago, knew what it meant. You know what it means? Double. Twin. Twin. Thomas was a twin. Now, now that's a close bond, isn't it? I've got siblings. I'm kind of close to one or two of them, and and uh, I, I know people that are close to one another, but a, a, a twin's a special bond, isn't it? Where was Thomas's twin? Not there. The Lord chose one, didn't choose the other. So much like maybe had the same DNA in them. Maybe they're identical twins. But this didn't, this Thomas was there. Thomas was there, and Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples, Peter and six others. This is on the wise. The Lord is going to reveal himself to them again. We know who's going to do the revealing. We know who he's going to be revealed to, but how? How's the Lord going to reveal himself to them? Well, he's going to have to get them in the right place to show them, isn't he? 
Were they there in the, in the upper seats of the synagogue, talking in a very funny way? No, they weren't. Doing something dumb. You ever done something dumb? You ever done something you shouldn't have done? Knowing full, good, and well when you was doing it, it was wrong? Maybe you haven't, but I have. Verse 3, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They saith unto him, those are the six, we also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. I thought of Jonah. The Lord said, you go down there to Nineveh. And he went down to the port. And they said, you all got any tickets going to Tarshish? And they said, yeah, it's leaving right now. <laughs> well, it must have been the Lord's will for me to go to Tarshish or he wouldn't have had a ticket there. He immediately got on that ship. It wasn't too long. He was immediately in a whale's belly too, wasn't it? They immediately got into the ship. And that night they caught nothing. Is that what it says there? It says that night they caught nothing. You know, there's a whole lot here to be said. This, there's nothing bad here. Peter didn't, wasn't kicking rocks. I'm going fishing. That's how we always sit because that's normally my attitude. I'm going back to fishing. Or sad, defeated. Ah, I'm going back to fishing. There wasn't nothing said about his attitude. He just said, I'm going fishing. And they said, okay, we'll go fishing with you. There's nothing evil in fishing. We eat fish. Somebody's got to catch it, right? That's not a bad thing. And I thought, you know, a good attitude, a faithful countenance that looks to the Lord, that is contagious. I wrote down a whole list of people I can think of real quick. Ron and Tammy Fannin and Bob Coffey and Gabe and Paul and Mindy and Shelby and a whole bunch of them. They always have something good to say. You, you can't bellyache to them long. That's, well, that's terrible. I hate that for you, and I'll pray for you. And then they turn it right back around. They have a good countenance about them. There's joy within them and contentment, and it's contagious. You know, and I thought if we were speaking to someone that only has complaints, complaints and grievances to talk about, and just, I mean, you just get through preaching the gospel, what good things Christ did, and they go straight into their medical problems and their their family problems and their car problems and their tractor trailer problems or whatever problems they got. And, you know, and you just start saying all the good things the Lord's done to you and for you and tell them all the good things the Lord's done. And it will either sugar them up or shut them up. That's a Kevin Thacker original. You can write that down. It'll either sugar them up or shut them up. Because somebody does that to me, I say, hey, you're right. Don't you? You're right. We got a lot to be thankful for. It light afflictions, because we know what he was afflicted with. We enter into that a little bit. What's my afflictions? So what? Who cares? It don't matter. Is a great famine coming? Maybe, and we'll all get a walk together to another place. It'll be great. Lord, stay right with us. But just the same as that positive countenance, either it'll, it'll drive those that don't believe the Lord, it'll shut them up. They'll quit talking, or they'll just keep talking about carnal things. But normally it'll make them mad and they'll quit talking to you and they'll leave you alone. Or if they're a brother or sister, it'll turn the frown upside down. They'll say, you're right, I'm sorry. And then you have a good conversation. It'll be good either way. It'll be beneficial. But as contagious as that good attitude is, a bad attitude is just the same, isn't it? A negative attitude, a self-serving attitude, a murmuring attitude. You, you want to stir up some murmuring, have somebody talk about murmuring. I think there's a lot of murmuring going on. That's murmuring. <laughs> It is. Light begats light. what Paul told us in Ephesians 4, wasn't it? Each thing after its own kind. That's what, that's what it breeds. Sinners make sinners, right? The flesh begats the flesh, and the spirit begats the spirit. That's everything I was, that's what the word said. Everything I just told you. 
Lots easier way to say it, wouldn't it? Well, Peter's going fishing. Two things I noticed here, and I, I want us to really get this. Let's get a hold of this. It's important because there's been a lot of bad information on this. Peter was not going sport fishing, okay? Me and Josiah got to go fishing for rockfish out there in the Pacific Ocean, and it was a great time. We enjoyed it. I had fun. I like to fish. I don't. That's the first time I fished in six years or something, five years. Uh, I want to go tuna fishing real bad. <laughs> we'll look later. I want to eat it right then. <laughs> as soon as I catch it, we'll make some poke or something. Uh, I'm, I'm really wanting that to happen. But Peter wasn't going for fun. He wasn't going sport fishing. But also, he wasn't leaving the gospel. The Lord gave him something to do. He wasn't doing that, but he hadn't forsaken the gospel. He hadn't turned back to his old ways of religion and, and his old thoughts and his old doctrines and his old circles of worshiping some false god together. He didn't leave the gospel. And he wasn't going sport fishing. He was going back to works, what he was doing. The Lord said, I'm going to send you out just as the Father sent me. I'm going to send you. That's what he told us in the previous chapter, right, after these things. The first time he revealed himself to him after he was risen, he said, I'm going to send you out and y'all going to go out preaching. But the Lord didn't give too much guidance after that. And they may not have seen him for a few days. And they were getting hungry. They were broke. You know, a good place to go when you're broke? Work. <laughs> he went back to work is what Peter was doing. And the other one said, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's go. Six more apostles followed Peter to go back to work. Personally, I know that's sin. We call it a side hustle in our generation to influence God-fearing men that labor in the Word to go do something else. That hurts me. I wish I could undo it. They already were fishers of men. Fishermen, right? Fishers of men. The Lord said, and called them there in Matthew 4. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother. They were casting the net into the sea, for they were fishers. That's what their old job was. That's what they used to do. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And straightway they left their nets. They didn't do that no more. And they followed him. This is from a preacher's perspective. I got a few things to say, and then we'll look from our perspective. Okay, but hang with me. I got, I got to tell you what I got taught. They straightway left their nets, and going on from thence, they saw two other brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. This is kind of the same crew, isn't it? He called them. They're on a boat. They weren't on the side of the banks. They, they'd moved on up, and Daddy owned the boat. It's a family business. And they immediately left the ship and their father, both of them, and they followed him. They straightway left the boat. They just walked clean off of it. We're about to see that again here in a minute too. Paul told Timothy, No man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. I went to Iraq and I didn't. I did not take my own gun. I didn't take my own backpack. I didn't have to buy my own bullets. I didn't have to buy my own food. All that stuff. Guys, there to fight. There to do a job. Peter and them was going and getting their own rucksacks and their own magazines, weren't they? Buying their own bullets. The Lord told us, He said, Take therefore no thought what saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed. That's what the Gentiles seek after. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. 
Mm. Just as a believer. Now, lights have to stay on. Somebody's got to go work. <laughs> That's just, we're, we're not fools. We're not sitting around and, and waiting for a, a handout and the Lord just drop food in our mouths. Uh, that manna came from heaven and they had to bend down to get it. A lot to be learned in that. Remember that lesson? Uh, somebody's got to go to work, but how often do we, when I was one working, do I get concerned about the things of this life? Do I think what's bigger and what's better? And and how much more money can I make? And how much more time? Well, it's good. So I only have to miss one service a month, that's all. Well, maybe maybe two services a month. And it's very easy to leave a, leave a gospel for a better job. The Lord has to make us leave a better job for a better gospel. But we still have things to do, don't we? But it's so easy to get entangled with things of this world, and I know well. Well, what good did Peter taking these other six in the commercial fishermen again produce? When he said, "I'm just, all I'm going to do is just go work. Won't you come with me? <laughs> Barry didn't even say that. That's we're coming too. Right? Look at verse 3 again. Simon Peter saith to them, I go fishing. They saith unto him, we go also. We also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. It says night, doesn't it? That night. They were in darkness. And it, it was something they'd had success with before. It's something they understood very well. I, you know, I got to thinking about this. I was walking on about mile three. And I thought, I ain't never caught a catfish in the daytime. They're bottom dwellers. There's a lot to be said about it biblically. But uh, you go catfishing at night <laughs> i've caught a bunch of fish at night time i bet these men caught a bunch of fish at night time i never commercially fished but they're doing something that seems good to them this seems so logical it just made sense to do this didn't it what everyone else was doing there's a whole bunch of other people out there fishing but there was no light in it and they caught nothing they had the right net and they were throwing it on their own and without the lord they caught nothing. They caught nothing. Verse 4 says, But when the morning was now come, when that day star arose, you get that? When there was light, not darkness. When the morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. They were so concerned to these carnal things and getting food and making a living and all these things and fishing that they didn't recognize the Lord. It was daytime. It was only 100 meters away, and they didn't recognize his voice. And that led me to a question. How long is too long to hear from the Lord or see him? How long is too long? Well, I'll be fine for four or five months. I'll be fine for four or five weeks. I'll be fine four or five days. No. No, it's, it's been what? Maybe a day? Day and a half? Look what turns it. They didn't even hear his, they didn't recognize his voice. They didn't recognize him. That's a place I don't want to be. That's, people say, well, I'll just, I'll go to church once a year. I'll go to two conferences a year. Y yeah, you won't know the Lord and you won't know his voice and you won't know his face. I hope somebody hears that because God sent you a man to tell you that. Hear it. We need, I need to see him day by day. I need to see him hour by hour, don't you? Every moment. Hmm. He asked them something, verse 5, And Jesus said to them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered, No. He called them children. How old do you reckon they was? 
old enough not to be a child. <laughs> they old enough to shave, weren't they? They might have been boys that was that could shave, but they was they wasn't little children. That didn't offend them. John talked to those that he wrote his epistles to, and he said, "My little children, you know we we must be made like children to enter the kingdom of God." I, and I, I I heard old brother Mahan say this. Paul said it. He goes, "If Paul saw through a glass darkly, where does that leave me?" If Paul, that great apostle, that one that's entered into the third heaven and, and seen so many things and had so much revelation and so much input, and I mean, that guy understood way more than I do, and if he saw through a glass darkly, you think I know everything? You think you know everything? We're just children, aren't we? Didn't offend them. Jesus said to them, children, have ye any meat? Do you have anything that, that satisfies? That sustained, satiates you. And you know, they were honest. It's a gift, to be honest. Not to cover our tracks. And there's something that, that's, that get, I try to give other people comfort and it lets me drive on. And it's a terrible thing, really, uh, scripturally. Uh, I say, you know, I made the best decision I could with the facts I had at the time. Be a lot more honest if I said I was wrong. You got anything that sustains you? Do you have anything that satisfies you? All this toiling and this laboring that you've been doing and this religion that you've been playing and this going out on your own and fighting your own battles and casting your own nets where you think you ought to cast the net and making your own way of the, of the world and going out to war on your own dime. How, has that worked for you? And honestly and purely and simply, they said no. What was their proof? They didn't have no fish. <laughs> you got any meat? No, I don't have any meat. Nothing satisfies. The Lord came to Paul and he said, is it hard to kick against the pricks? Resisting me? How's that working out for you, Paul? The Lord asked Jonah that, didn't he? He says, doest thou well to be angry for the gourd that I took away? Now, Jonah was a little more feisty, and he said, yeah, I'm mad. I'm mad all the way to death. <laughs> so it takes all kinds. There's a lot of different fish the Lord fishes for the great fisherman, but don't work out good. Do How do we know it didn't work out for Jonah? Jonah wrote the book of Jonah. There's a question mark. It's the last punctuation in that book. How's all that working going for you? That's hard work, casting them nets all night long. That's labor, isn't it? The Lord said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn of me. Don't learn to memorize some verses and script, scripts and, and, and don't, don't learn all these church histories and all these things. He said, learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden's light. You're picking up these heavy nets. You can't do nothing with that. He said, learn of me. My yoke's easy. Well, what's the easy yoke the Lord gave him? Look at verse 6. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. You do what I tell you, and you're going to find fish. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitudes of fish. I thought, what difference is it? If that boat's six feet wide, and there's a school of fish, and you got this great big net, you'd have caught one or two on this side, wouldn't you? If there was so many, you couldn't draw the net in on this side? That's logic, isn't it? Isn't that, isn't that our logic? I tell you what difference it'd make. You wouldn't have caught nothing unless the Lord commands it. 
What a lesson there is to learn there. He's the Lord of the oceans and the Lord of all things under the sea. He calmed the waves. He walked on the water and he gathers the fish. The Lord doesn't delegate his oceanic power to that Roman god, Neptune. We deal with a, a sovereign God. If, if, it's, if it's so with water, if it's so with fish, it's so in providence and it's so in salvation. That's who we're dealing with. And he said, cast it on the right side. You, you know what? Because today's reading, I was reading, there's a wrong side. There's a way that seems right unto man. That's in Proverbs 14, isn't it? And what's the end of it? Death's the end of it. Well, how could they die if they kept casting to the left side? They wouldn't have gotten no fish and you'd starve to death. Lord said, you cast it on the right side. They had the net, which represents the gospel net, isn't it? It's not a baited hook. It's not an artificial bait. It's not a lure. It's not a tactic. You just throw it and pull it in, and the Lord fills it as he sees fit. But not a one of these seven, before they went out there that night, said, hey, did, <clears throat> did anybody pray about this? Did we take, no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about you know, six or seven minutes of consideration, and I've had a revelation today. Have we took six or eight months and thought about this? What was the last thing the Lord told us? Do you remember? He said, peace be unto you, and as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. Hey, to what? To go catch some carp? No, he made us fishers of men. Remember? Remember? There wasn't a remembrance there. And these are the apostles. What shape am I, huh? Another point concerning this power of the word of the Lord, it's not, not the commentary on it, it's not my thoughts on it, it's not what I say, it's just the fact of what the Lord says. He just show us that. He told professional fishermen. They didn't know it was the Lord, they didn't know it was anybody else for that matter. He told professional commercial fishermen how to fish, and they did it. And they did it. And I thought, just from HVAC, you know, if I was working on something and somebody just called it, have you tried turning it off and turning it back on? About as hard as you tried as minding your own business. <laughs> Leave me alone. Get out of here. Don't bother me. That would have been my attitude. Here's these men. The Lord said, cast it on the right side and it'll be full. And they did. His words ain't like my words, are they? Somebody's getting in, going fishing one time and the, the preacher, two preachers going fishing. They said, what would you think if somebody came up and just sat down in your boat and said, let's go? The only way I'd tolerate that is if it was the Lord that did it. <laughs> That's true. You would if it was the Lord that did it, wouldn't you? It says in verse 6, And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. You might do pretty good. No, he said, you shall find. And they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitudes of fish. They were calculating without Christ. And calculating without him produces nothing. Produces nothing. Old friend of mine was preaching on this passage, and he said zero plus a zero plus a zero still equals nothing. That's us, isn't it? But if you put the one in there, now that gives meaning to those zeros. <laughs> Casting that gospel net without his spirit and his power with us, it produces nothing. But unseen to us, something happened underneath them waters that we don't know. Hang with me now. And his word... There are so many gathered that they can't even lift them in the boat. A multitude. It says in verse 7, Therefore 
that disciple whom Jesus loved, saith unto Peter, John told Peter, it's the Lord. It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisher coat unto him, for he was naked, and he did cast himself into the sea. Lots been said about him being naked and what kind of coat he wore. What was the action that took place? God was going to remember, verse 1, the Lord's going to reveal himself to him, to these particular people, and he did. They said, this is the Lord. A man told him that Christ revealed himself. And what Peter was saying was, y'all stay here if you want. I must be where the master is. Well, we got a lot going on that day. I don't care what day it is. He's there and I'm going to get to him. Just like that woman with the issue of blood. She said, I'm going to touch him. I don't think that's the way you ought to go about things. Well, thank whatever you want. I'm going to go touch him. <laughs> he straightway left the boat, didn't he? Verse 8 says, The other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, as it were about 200 cubits, dragging the net with the fishes. They still couldn't get it in the boat. And as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon and bread. What a spread. How long had Christ been there? It doesn't say fire of sticks, does it? It says a fire of coals. And some of y'all built fires before, ain't you? You know, it takes a good while to get a good bed of coals. It, it doesn't happen in 10 minutes. It takes a while, don't it? You've got to work hard to get those coals. And then especially enough to cook on. So he'd been there for a while. And though they had left him, not for the night, not rejecting the gospel and, and preaching another gospel, which is not another but though they had strayed from the Lord that night and wandered off the path, the Lord had never left one of his own, and he never will. Right there. And, 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 and preventing us. Grace going before grace. Well, we're hungry. There's food. Already You got any meat? No. That's why we was out here in the first place. There it is. And Jesus saith unto them, verse 10, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught, Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes. Great fishes. That's why I said I wanted to eat fish fresh. What's great about a fish? They all smell like fish, don't they? And then you always try to find a way to prepare fish so it don't taste like fish. And, and even if it's real fresh, if you just cut it up, right, it's sashimi or whatever it's called. It ain't that great. <laughs> I, mean, I like it, but. Ain't nothing great about us in it, but there's big ones, big ones, great fishes, 153. And, and, and you know what the numerological significance of 153 is? If you get an abacus out, get cross-eyed, and take about 15 minutes, you still ain't going to figure it out. It's an exact number, and it's odd, just like me. <laughs> We're an odd bunch, ain't we? A peculiar people. Somebody got it. That's good. I'm weird. I don't know about anybody else. Maybe everybody's everybody, Don't agree with it once. <laughs> 153, an exact number. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. A big fish, great fish, a lot of them. And that net encompassed them. They were gathered there, they were brought there. It encompassed them, it secured them, and it did not break. No one needs to worry about being too big a sinner to come to Christ. You ain't going to break this net. That ain't gonna well, I'm a big stinky fish. You ain't going to break this net. I'm slippery. You ain't going to get through. It's his net. It's his net. 
That's what the Lord said, go gather them fish. Whose fish are those? You think one of them said, well, I did a pretty good job. <laughs> Not them, them preachers of the gospels. I didn't do nothing. I didn't even know what was happening. I just did what you told me, and it's miraculous. It's miraculous. And Jesus saith unto them, verse 12, come, dine. Come, dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. Just like those first 5,000 that he fed on John 6. That boy came there with two loaves and five sardines. And that's, that's what they ate in the beginning and that's what they ate here too. Fish and bread, wasn't it? And he, he didn't offer it to them. He, it, this isn't a buffet. and You can go take the pieces that you want. You don't make a sandwich or make it any way you like. He said, come, dine. What does he say at the Lord's table? Take, eat. Well, do you have a, a whole grain option? <laughs> Take, eat. We don't share the gospel. We declare it. We declare it. I'm not splitting things over words, but I want you to get the principle and the particulars will fall into place, Okay. We declare the gospel. If any man's going to speak on behalf of God, this ain't we're going to go around the room and everybody say what makes them warm fuzzy about this. It's a one-way conversation from God's heart to your heart. That's true preaching. If any man speaks, let him speak as oracles of God. That's how the Lord did, didn't he? He said, come, dine, take, eat. And he gave it to them. And he came, he took, he giveth them, and likewise. That's what was needed, wasn't it? I thought about this too. The fish and bread. What's, what's that comprised? We call it macros in our day, right? There's protein, omega-3s and omega-6s. That, that falls in the fats and oils category and carbohydrates. I don't know what the ratios needed. I guarantee it's exactly what their bodies needed. It's Well, I don't like the taste of that. It's exactly what's needed. It's perfect. It's perfect because that's what the Lord's provided. And this food don't get old. It don't. The creeds get tiresome. Uh, doctrine gets stiff and cold and letterish, doesn't it? And, and men that people follow, they will fail you. They'll let you down. But the gospel of Christ, it tastes better each time we eat it. I guess this is good. If, if the Lord, I like the bread Kimberly bakes. If the Lord made bread... I'm going to take his, honey. I'm going to eat his first. I've got to speak to a, a new friend of mine, Brother Billy, down in St. Petersburg. He's been preaching down there for several years, and uh, the Lord saved him. He was out in a boat by himself, throwing some kind of weird net and lures and everything else. And you know what he told me in a short conversation? He told the truth. He told the truth. He said, I was a false prophet. And he said, I, I didn't know the Lord, and no one I knew knew the Lord either. And I had no meat. I was hungry. And you know what happened? He said, God called me. I didn't find him. He wasn't lost. I didn't figure him out. He, he had, had my number. He called me, and he commanded me. 
and he fed me. And you know what? I'm alive from that. That was refreshing. He got a phone. He told me he loved me. I told him I loved him back. <laughs> he speaks my language. He speaks your language too, don't he? That's man God's worked in. Nothing's changed, has it? The Lord gave them bread and meat just as he gave his body for them, his own blood. You know, the law demands. Grace gives. The law demands, requires. Grace gives. The Lord was gracious to these people. Who? The ones that went out to fend for themselves. Knuckleheads. Just like this one. Now this, this is now, verse 14, the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. Already done twice before. It's the third time after he was risen from the dead. How many times am I going to wander off and turn to this world or turn to myself or turn to books that ain't worth reading or shows that ain't worth watching or conversations that ain't worth having? And I must have the Lord reveal himself to me again. I highlighted that in my Bible. Again. Again. You know how many times? Until I'm made like him. Until I'm home with him. It's needed. And I need to be fed. I need to be fed. He must lead me alone. He must lead me. I thought of that hymn. We don't have music for it. But In shady green pastures so rich and so sweet, God leads his little t dear children along. Where the water's cool flow bays the weary one's feet, God leads his dear children along. Some through the waters, and some through the flood, and some through the fire. Neither one of those are appealing, aren't they? But all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. I pray he'd give us his song, a new song to sing. And then I'd quit wondering. I know it's going to happen. And I know he's faithful and he's going to keep proving that to me. But I wish that new man within me doesn't want to. Yours don't either, does it? But thankfully, he's the one that's faithful. And he'll bring us to a nice warm fire and give us all the protein and bread that we need. <laughs> it's a good thing. Brother Mark.